COVID-19. Need help and support? Please contact us at the hotline 311 Psychosocial Support at 722-6575 or 518-4157. Brought to you by PAHO, the OACS Commission and UNICEF. The opinions expressed on this TV program by the hosts, co-hosts, guests, and call-in listeners or chatters are solely the opinions and responsibility of the original source who expressed them. They do not necessarily represent the opinions of UTV or its affiliates. Good afternoon and thank you for joining the revolution. It is Wednesday, July 1st, 1st of July. For some who believe in the politics and the strategy working, that would mean there are in 25 days, 24 days, the Prime Minister is going to dissolve the House of Parliament and set the stage for three weeks after, whether you think it's conspiracy theory or not, you kind of have to be ready for it because there's an extension of the state of emergency which makes no sense except if you are trying to squash opposing forces like the CSA, the Trade Union Federation, the opposition, the formal opposition, and people in general who are obviously palpably pissed off and with good reason. So let's see how this month plays out. Now, the revolution is definitely on the ground you can see it you can feel it it's not about me it's not about richard frederick or philip pierre kenny anthony or anything more than people who are fed up and it's not even just about shasna it's about the cabinet and it's about the way the people see themselves being treated targeted trying to kick people while they down and at the end of the day who doesn't want to believe it especially those overseas who are not on the ground all i can tell you is it is real. It is very real. It is happening every day. People are waking up struggling. People who were hustlers, who were middle income earners or whatever, are now trying to just find ways to get food for tomorrow. Trying to get groceries so that they can save face with their children. It is rough out here, especially with no stimulus. And when they tell you that they're going to give you any kind of help, the truth is there's so many bottlenecks and hurdles to get cacada of $500 that it's not working. It's compounding things. It's costing people more walking up and down. And I saw it coming from months ago. But nonetheless, if indeed he does dissolve the house on the 25th, then you can understand why Cambridge Analytica and why all of the government hacks are busy working overtime on Facebook and Instagram and all different platforms, forms, why you start seeing talk show hosts and UWP talk shows to go on, on, on religious um, gospel stations and then you see other outreach. They're not trying to win to win 
<laughs> uh, popular vote. They're trying to win nine seats by one vote. Shastnik will be the most unpopular in Senusha. He didn't care about that in the beginning. has never cared about that for his life. He just knows what he wants. And the masters know, exa- know exactly how they want to continue to profit, literally, from him being there. While the rest of the country goes down in atrophy. That said... Nothing can happen and you can talk and you can call every talk show on the planet. You can make, raise your voice. You can, you can make noise. You can write articles in the newspaper. You, you can stand up and protest. You can do it with your placards, go in motorcades or whatever. If you do not go out and actually vote, nothing's going to happen. Whether you vote in UWP, you vote in Labour, you decide that you want to vote for the new party, no problem. But... It's the only time the earth touches the sky when it comes to politicians. It's when they're at the most vulnerable, most needy, and most accountable, strangely enough, is now. So take advantage of that and go out and vote, especially the young people who, rightfully so, when you're 16, 17, 20, 25, you're not supposed to necessarily, or at least traditionally, you don't necessarily get deep into politics. You don't want to relitigate the history of a Labour Party that's 80 years old and a UWP that's 60 years old and, you know, that kind of a thing and going back and forth. You don't want to sit on a minibus and have to be staying there and quarreling with some old lady about what Compton did and what Von Lewis did and what Kenny did and this policy and that and the other. I understand that. But now you have no choice but to care. If you're a cruise ship worker, What's the future going to look like? And in the meantime, how do you survive? If you are stuck out at sea, how are you getting home? If you're stuck in another country, how is it that some people like Ms. Donalyn Rutherford from the Republican Party, Cambridge Analytica, think tanks specializing in cognitive dissonance, they can have special chartered flights and let her in. We don't even know if she did quarantine. But yet, at the exact same time, there are people that don't know. I'm even understanding certain politicians' families their sons and daughters have managed to make their way in. While there are solutions who have been stuck trying to get on planes for the last four months, they can't figure out how to get home. They don't know what to do, and they're running out of money where they're at. So, folks, this is important. And I'm happy that some of the youth are stepping up to pass the message out. I, too, will echo that sentiment. So let's hear now to start off from Move Money. When a prime minister fix roads that's his job to do so that's a job when he build hospitals and schools that's a job prime minister a big government professor making fields messy and different packs in all your communities that is not a point where you can get one percent of my vote that's the job of the prime minister or the government that's in power to maintain the country i will give you a vote when a government or the party grants a job who grant jobs my brother. Who buy shelter? Who say poor? Who fear on the bagay? Can build different, different kind bagay before? A left side who can vote. When you care about the people, me say especially the poor people. Trust me, can vote. 
Là où vous mettez bagaille place comme medicine et healthcare, c'est idéal où mettez free et bon où mettez price là as very low as possible les mouni pour gagner. Ou quand votre bail au gouvernement côté il a été attention monsieur to agriculture. Who's concerned about the farmers, monsieur? Pour job ces farmers là monsieur. Oui 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 oui. Ça va être bon pièce. You have to need do your allies or on different things they bring in the country for a little source of money. And is agriculture that's one of the main sources in Saint Lucia, you know. Put your minds together, Missy. Mon pas campaign. Now disons ça, c'est pas campaign, moi campaign. Mon cas just disons exactement qui ça qui carrera. You sure won't put someone in power if they go ahead and do what they want with your money. Ça yo fait fait et l'argent yo c'est ça yo ka fait et ti l'argent pays an and they still come in and try to tax you on every little things that you do to earn a living such as missive photography house renting calls and so on oi 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 mais c'est i had to do them thing moi ni pour buy cette ici anti advice ou comprend, and that's move my views. Saint Lucia is not a state. Cette ici c'est un country, messieurs. Nous pas qu'on roule bagay côté nous ni billions of dollars côté nous ça just lavish la jet fait ça nous voulons et puis we are celebrating independence that nous pas même indépendant. We are not independent. We don't have any source. Nous pas ni real. Nous pas ni un gros confil côté nous qui supply des fois gros pays pour faire huile des fois bagay. Nous pas ni gold un rien quoi. Vous comprenez? That's why the little money that we have, when you are in power, Missy, use it wisely. Gouvernement use it wisely. Parlez spendant à quoi dit ou assis Boba et John et on y mille dollars pour chou pas mille. À quoi dit c'est vous qui fait l'argent just blast les quoi. Check the statistics, Missy. Just check Sanado. Don't go around boasting politicians. And when you finish, you vex with your neighbors about politics. When the only day they need you is on election day. And that's a word to you, my fellow solutions. Go and vote, Missy. It is your choice. It is your right. Be locally vote. Vote wisely. Make sure you catch it and check tout sa kalea. Not just because a moon vini do. Oh, we can vote moon sa because of si moon sa. You poko benefit from, from A to Z. From depita bagay karen. You still mem mania. That you still be fashet nebao because of politics. That can just boast politicians that lay off in it. They only need you under the day of election. Check yourself, messi. And that is a word to all my solutions, messi. Movement views. So you see, not everybody fits the stereotype. Here you have a young person who is Okuwa with what's going on, and he's telling you, it's good advice, no matter which side you support, or even if you don't support any side, take interest and dis be discerning. And, you know, it's a good message. It's funny that for somebody who seems to have given a message the wise beyond his years in terms of movement news, you would think that the older, more experienced people in society, particularly the politicians themselves, with whom, to whom he is referencing, would have had a more, let's call it mature or salient message or poised message. But sadly, I do have to repeat it. When the youth look at us and they say we have failed them, for those youth who say that, 
Listen to why they would have an argument. They would have an argument, a very strong argument, whether it's just sports or youth development, just purely by the example of the current minister. So why would you look the other side? Why does it make sense for you to listen to RF and all the noise that he's making in all the communities? Why? persons out there making noise and believe they can trick the young people of St. Lucia into following them and to create anarchy in this island. That's all they want to do. Destroy the fabric of our society. I am not boastful. The opposite of boastful is bashful. Today I'm just giving you a little information. I consider, when I considered my, my presentation today, I said I said, Edmund, you know, this is an informative presentation. You will be telling St. Lucians and the young people of our government's achievement. Because look at what they're trying to do to you out there. They tell you we are doing nothing for you. And they tell you they have all the answers. Which answers do they have? But they have a track record. Go and look at the track record. Take a good look at the track record and then you realize you have to stay home with this government, the government of the United Workers Party. In this first round, and there will be more, many more rounds to come. And talk to our young people on island. Talk to them. Talk to our young people on island. And find out all the programs that are implemented to enhance their livelihood. So you think because COVID came, try to destroy our economy. It's time to bring you back in government. For what? That's the next question. For what? Which is the same question as why? Stop it. I said stop it. So Mr. Speaker, why would a young person in St. Lucia want to trade this for nothing. Why? So you must always ask yourself, why? Ask yourself, young person, why? Why must I do that? Why am I being tricked to follow the other side? Why is there that considered effort to pull me into the destructive ranks? Why? Ask yourself why. And the answer is staring you right in the face. Look at what we are doing in this country. The opposition is leading our people in this country. Come on. Who's going to trade that for what we are doing on this side of the house? Who's going to trade that? Which young person is stupid enough in St. Lucia who's naive enough to believe that the opposition can do better for them? Which one? Which young person? Come on, young people. Open your eyes. Listen to your elders. Oh. And just so it's said, just so it's said, so the young people do not get a miseducation from the Minister of Youth Development and Sports, the opposite of boastful is humble. 
Nonetheless, I did want to feature the prospective candidate, one of the prospective candidates from Gro- for Grosley for the opposition Central Labour Party, that being Kenson Casimir. Because in his going out and doing a segment on NBC called Sports on the Block, it reveals that really and truly, it's not just the average young person that doesn't know anything that's going on in Estefan's ministry, but most people don't know who Estefan is, they don't know the achievements of many of the young people who have made their achievements and should have been given more recognition and marketing. So for Mr. Estefan that feels that they've done a lot of work and nobody knows, well, whose fault is that? My very first question on Sports on the Block tonight was, who is the Minister for Sports, the current Minister for Sports in St. Lucia? guess what? 99% 99% of respondents did not get it correct. So you- Alright, so we're giving away $50 today if you're able to answer five questions. You have one minute. St. Lucia's current Minister of Sports. Not good at all. Who is he? Mm. Youngest female cricketer to make West Indies. Oh, I forget her name. Honestly speaking, I forget the name. But Masha. The current Black Hat champions of St. Lucia. Oh, I don't, I don't know. The president of the St. Lucia Football Association. I forget his name. A St. Lucian who is the president of the Caribbean Netball Association. Oh, I just heard the speaker, but the name didn't speak. St. Lucia's current minister of sports. Sean Edwards. The youngest female cricketer to make West Indies. Uh, from up north, I forget her name. <laughs> the current Black Hat champions of St. Lucia. Vivot uh, South. The president of the St. Lucia Football Association. Uh, Cooper. A St. Lucian who is the president of the Caribbean Netball Association. Can you believe this? A St. Lucian holds that post. Female solution from Grosile, Reggie to be exact, president of the Caribbean Netball Association. Uh, I knew her name, but I forgot. Who is St. Lucia's current Minister of Sports? <laughs> Spider Montooth. The youngest female cricketer to make West Indies from St. Lucia. Oh boy. Can I go to the next question and think so? The current Black Hat champions of St. Lucia. Oh boy, you guys look for hard stuff. Next question, please. The president of the St. Lucia Football Association. Oh my God. A St. Lucian who is the president of the Caribbean Netball Association. Oh, I know this one. Oh my God. She's from up north. Um, from Rijui. I know. Um, oh my God. Leota Chalmine. One more question for you. The president of the St. Lucia Football Association, we've asked you that already, but try. President of the... Of the what? Say again, president. St. Lucia Football Association. President of the St. Lucia... Oh, I knew that too. Um, who is the... Who is St. Lucia's current Minister of Sports? Um, Estefan. Who is the youngest female cricketer from St. Lucia to make West Indies? I... Shit. 
the 50 year old. I know she was a 50 year old at the time, but I can't remember her name. Who is the president of the St. Lucia Football Association? Um, I can't remember that one. Who is the champions of black hat football in St. Lucia? You fought, you fought South. Who is St. Lucia's current Minister of Sports? I don't know. <laughs> the youngest female cricketer from St. Lucia to make West Indies. What's that girl name? Uh, what's her name? Tiana. The current Black Hat champions of St. Lucia. You fought. The president of the St. Lucia Football Association. I don't know. St. Lucian, who is president of the Caribbean Netball Association. What? <laughs> Who's St. Lucia's current Minister of Sports? Hmm. The youngest female cricketer to make West Indies from St. Lucia. St. Lucia's current Black Hat football champions. I don't know what you know. President of St. Lucia Football Association. President of... I don't know. There's one St. Lucian who is the president of the Caribbean Netball Association. Who is St. Lucia's current Minister of Sports? <laughs> man, I can't go and tell you that right now. I have Logan, man. I can't tell you nothing there right now. St. Lucia's current Minister of Sports. St. <laughs> Lucia's current Minister of Sports. Current Minister of Sports? I don't follow sports. I know that. Well, the youngest female cricketer in for, to make West Indies. Um... Levin Spencer, the current Black Hat champions of St. Lucia. I know that one either. The president of the St. Lucia Football Association. President what? Of the St. Lucia Football Association. Mm. Mm -mm. A St. Lucian who is the president of the Caribbean Netball Association. That was my ex, you know, I feel I forget. I forget her name. Who is the current Minister of Sports? I'm not sure. Second one, the youngest female cricketer to make West Indies. I'm not a sportsman. The current Black Hat champions. Uh, I feel the test. President of St. Lucia Football Association. I feel the test, mate. I'm, I'm St. Lucia's current Minister of Sports. Uh, Honorable Sean Edwards. The youngest female cricketer to make West Indies. Um, forget the name, The current Black Hat champions of St. Lucia. Uh, Vifat South. President of the St. Lucia Football Association. Uh, Mr. Leonard Cooper. St. Lucian, who is the president of the Caribbean Netball Association. Uh, pass. Youngest female cricketer to make West Indies. Uh, I don't know. Alright, St. Lucia's current the Minister of Sports. The youngest female cricketer to make West Indies. No, I'm not a matter 100%. President of the St. Lucia Football Association. <laughs> because I'm CBS. I saw the match last night. It's a tough competition. Hello. Today, let's talk about physical distancing. Why we need it and what does it mean? Physical distancing is deliberately increasing the physical space between people to avoid the spreading of an infectious illness. In this case, the new coronavirus, also known as COVID-19. <laughs> this virus spreads from person to person through a sneeze or a cough 
or even through talking. The droplets from a sneeze, cough, or loud speech flow through the air before settling on surfaces like your countertops, tables, doorknobs, keys, or your mobile phones. It can even be breathed in if you are close enough to a person who has the virus. The virus then waits for an opportunity to be passed on to the next person you come into contact with. Staying six feet away from others is the best distance to avoid any spread of the virus from one person to the next. If you're waiting in line at the supermarket or the bank, follow the markers set on the floor to try to visualize a six-foot distance from the person in front of you and wait there, even outside of the building. Why? Well, if everyone practices physical distancing, we can help prevent the spread of COVID-19 as the chances of passing it on to another person is reduced. Physical distancing also means that we do the following. Avoid contact with someone who is displaying symptoms of COVID-19. These symptoms include cough, sneeze, sore throat, and fever. Avoid the unnecessary use of public transportation as you should be going out only when required. If unavoidable, travel with less people. Work from home wherever possible. Avoid social gatherings at bars, restaurants, as well as going to fests and casual lines as the infection spreads easily when people gather together. Since you should not be gathering with friends and family, you can still remain in touch by giving a call, connecting online or through social media. Unless it is absolutely necessary, you should not be visiting older relatives as they are one of the groups most vulnerable to COVID-19. <laughs> By these simple actions, we can all make a big impact to reduce the spread of COVID-19 on our St. Lucia. Oh, it's E. Kelly. Oh, baby. Pour me water. Mm, holy water. Quench mm, this fire. Yeah. Uh -huh. Pour me water. Holy water, make it quench this fire. Everybody want me, make I know fall in love with you. But I know answer them, I tell them, say now you. Right now you come and then you play me for a fool. I'm out here wondering, waiting, I do. Yeah, oh, baby, pour me water. Holy water, quench this fire. You're watching Bomby Water TV. Holy water. Welcome back and thank you for staying with the revolution. Those of you locked in on Hits Radio, that's 92.1 in the north, 91.1 in the south. Of course, those of you locked in on Facebook, on UTV124, and those of you locked in on Instagram and Twitch, UTV124, thank you very much, as well as those who are locked in at home on television, on Flow Cable, channel 124. So, let us start off with the verifiable facts. Citizenship by investment, the sale of passports, 
which allows people, high, preferably high net worth individuals, to have multiple passports to gain entry into different countries. It doesn't sound nice, it's unseemly, but is sadly what has had to happen throughout the region. Because even if St. Lucia had no passports or CIP scheme, the fact is that the OECS allows for free movement between countries. So somebody could buy a passport in Dominica, or they could buy a passport in Grenada, and go over to St. Vincent, who may not formally have a CIP, a citizenship by investment program, but they still sell passports at Ralph Gonzalez's discretion, I guess. And they could still come to St. Lucia and set up a business or do whatever it is that they want. Nonetheless, this program was set up and established by the Labour Party, the former administration, Kenny Anthony, that said that it was a painful decision, but by the end of the day, um, he had to do whatever he could in terms of trying to bring in revenue, which is why they also made sure that there was a lot of legislation behind it. It was established in May, sorry, in September of 2015, but it wasn't operationalized until March of 2016. So March 2016, CIP, Citizenship by Investment Program for St. Lucia, is formally launched and operationalized. And then April, May, June, three months later, just over two two months going into three months later, the government changed hands. The United Workers Party came in. And for the record, not one passport was sold under the former Labour Party administration, for which Citizenship by investment was piloted by people like Ernest Hillaire and developed and implemented and it fell under Kenny Anthony's um, regime, if you want to put it that way. Now, Shastney and them have come in and for the last four years, people have been asking the same question, whether it's talk shows, um, whether it is journalists, whether it is politicians, whether it is the general public, why is it that we are not seeing our CIP money. Where is the accountability? Where is the transparency? So, after four years, the Prime Minister gave us an update. Mr. Speaker, as we work on building a new solution, we must be open-minded. We must be prepared to examine the non-traditional ways of attracting foreign investment to supplement domestic investment activities. It is from this perspective that we have accepted the Citizenship by Investment Program as a viable means of attracting foreign investment. And Mr. Speaker, we're not alone in that persuasion. Apart from the five OECS countries which have CIP programs, Austria, the United Kingdom, the Netherlands, Greece, Malta, Turkey, to name a few, all have similar programs. Mr. Speaker, since its commencement, the CIP has contributed EC $131 million to this country. At a time of dwindling resources and grant funding and even increasing demand on government services, government will leverage the demand for our passports as a means of attracting foreign investment into St. Lucia. So the obvious question for a government that has less than 20% project implementation over the last four years, a government that has borrowed more in three years than the former administration borrowed in five and the most in history, Considering that even Dominic Fede admits that the Labour Party government under Kenny Anthony 2011 to 2016 borrowed 800 million, Shastney borrowed 1.3, and that's 800 million in five years, Shastney borrowed 1.3 billion and going over three years. And if you do that, most times you're supposed to see it and feel it in the economy. 
But I guess that greed of the FFF wouldn't allow anything to trickle down. No kakada. Nothing fell from the table. No crumbs, no scraps, except for those who are on the priority list, those who get invited to the balls. So along comes Norbert. And I don't mind Norbert is a paid attaché. I don't mind Norbert's job is to be Chastney's hemorrhoid. I don't mind any of that. But what I love is the collection of United Workers Party supporters who never know truth from lies, except when somebody like Norbert says, SLP, 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 and then all of a sudden they figure they have something, which proves that it has nothing to do with facts. Because you show them 500 lies that Chastney tells, and you show them one time Philip Pierre gets caught in a lie. All they know is Philip Pierre, they don't know nothing else. And it's that banal ignorance that literally is the bedrock of our hyperpartisan political based society. Sad, but true. So it has been lamented because it has been proven and is there for all to see that the money for CIP, $131 million, nobody has known where the money went to for at least three years, 2017. 2018, and then in 2019, so let's say two and a half years, all of a sudden, the government was able to show what it did with the money. So they say. So here comes Norbert, because you've had at least two to three years where you have not submitted the names of the people who have gotten passports. You have not presented the reports as mandated by law in time. You have also not sought parliamentary approval for what you're doing with the money, which is one of the provisions of the CIP legislation. But you're now coming in 2020 and you're berating people and telling them, look where the money is, look the allocation, look at, look at, <laughs> okay, let's see it for ourselves. The three B's principle, bullshit baffles brains. And they love to repeat, they have absolutely no intention to accept any evidence, any facts, any information. You will tell them, you will explain, you will shout, you will scream until you're hoarse, you can't speak anymore. You've got laryngitis. They'll pretend like they didn't hear. They'll pretend like you said you spoke Greek. Now, there's been the constant call of account for the money in CIP, account for the money in CIP, account for the money in CIP, what trust they're doing if the money, blah, blah, blah. Folks, the, mo the monies or the projects that the monies were spent on have been declared year after year in the estimates of expenditure. They have been. In fact, I showed you only about three or four episodes ago exactly what was in the estimates of expenditure, what had been available to the SLP, but yet still they continue. Where, where, where the CIP money? What projects it going to? You all say this, you all say that. You ready with those photos with the uh, two, three, four, six, seven, and eight? Give me the first one that I showed. A few weeks ago. Under CIP, the funds allocations to different projects.
having some problems there, man? You got it? There we go. There we go. Let's go to the next one. We're not spending much time. I'm showing you what's there. There we go, folks. Land acquisition, new national hospital. The funds that's going to that, it gives you the agency head, the project number. So you can go in the estimates of expenditure and find it there, SLP. Next one. So you can't say I fabricated. Look at there. Agency head column. Right? Project number. Capital projects. You see it? The amount. The, the approved budget 2017, 2018. The actual amount. Next one. Show it to them. You see that? There we go. We have one more. Drop the next one. You see? All of that is there. In the estimates of expenditure, but the SLP will pretend like they never seen it, they don't see, they don't know. I don't know, I don't know. Now you understand this is all about this is about psychology and sophistry, misdirection. Right, Norbert? So you go and you'll go through that and you say, let me go through it fast. And you come with all the vigor. And the truth is, in the same way there are people who will listen to me, or listen to Richard Frederick, or Zafenu, or they listen to Laura, or they listen to Rick Wayne. Some people just want to feel good about who they support, feel good about who they like or who they dislike. They just want ammunition so they can go and quarrel in a bar, or they can go and quarrel with other family, or show evidence to these hacks, them people by my home. I get all of that. I get all of that. But with Norbert, he has figured out that once he speaks loudly and he does his little animated stuff, that at the end of the day, you, have, you wouldn't even bother to actually think. Because, it, again, it is a form of gish gallop to talk loud and with vigor. And then at the end of the day, you know, you have to drill down on what is the Bofest man saying there? And what are the facts? So, folks, simple. For 2017, none of those figures were available. For 2018, none of those figures were available. But by 2019, they were available. So why would the Labour Party continue to agitate or the opposition or people in general agitate with regards to that money? You notice that unlike countries like Dominica and Antigua, St. Kitts, they cannot point to a singular project that they did with the money. For example, hospital, Dominica built with CIP, houses built with CIP, public servant salary, Christmas bonus, and double pay under CIP. So here's where the sophistication comes in. Who presented those figures? The government. Who verifies those figures? Nobody. So basically, they can say that they paid, look at what they tell you, land acquisition, communications, equipment, and so on. Oh, well, a water project here, a road there. So why didn't they disclose that? And in the budgets that they presented, those same projects did not have a source code. In other words, if you're building a fire station and the money's coming from the NIC, it's supposed to have a source code, say NIC. If it's coming from CDB, CDB. If it's coming from IMF, IMF. If it's coming from bonds or whatever, it's supposed to have a source code. But they have a list, Minerva puts it out. When they say that we didn't, what we do with the CIP money? Because they just cherry-picked a list of stuff that they can, they can verify, you cannot verify. They can say, but you have no way of verifying or cross-checking to see if that was where the money came from because it's not listed in the budget. Also, it shows you 
that they must have manipulated the figures because they themselves admit that they had to pay the range over 20 million, close to 30 million, right? But we cannot be exactly sure because it could be anywhere from 28 to 32 million to 36 million dollars that they had to pay the range for the range debacle when Chastain messed up that whole thing of the range that was supposed to be in Black Bay. They had to pay millions of dollars. And it doesn't, it's not even shown in any of those documents, in any of the estimates, in any of the allocations. So what do they do? They know they collected $131 million. They know that you haven't felt it on the ground at all. You haven't seen a project. You also know that by law, they were supposed to give the names of the people who have gotten passports. So we know if, um, what's his name? Um, Jack Lamb got a passport. We know if this person got a passport, this person from Saudi Arabia, this person from UAE, this person from Dubai, this person from Iraq, this person from Russia got a passport. But we don't know up to now. Right? But now we get in this and it's like, hey, take a look, look, look. And they'll say, SLP, SLP, where the money, where the All of the animation. But at the end of the day, the point is that we have no way of verifying anything that's been presented. It was held back for at least two years. And the funding, the sources of funding were not only not identified, but the big one where you knew that you had to pay back $30 million, if it's not reflected in there, then how did you pay back the range? Where did you pay it back from? Because the money should have, by law, come from the CIP. It should have come from there. Ah, the devil in the details. But the people that are watching nobody, they, they don't care about that. What they want to do is to say, Ah, boy, you see how they did they were party. B.S. Next, his man. Budget and plan of action, the, the board shall no later than the 31st day of October in each year cause to be prepared and shall adopt and submit to the minister for the fund in respect of the next financial year. A, what you're going to submit in October? A budget, and that is the board that has to do that. All these people from the attorney general's chambers, director of finance, blah, blah, blah. They have to submit for the next financial year a budget with the estimates of its income and expenditure. So you say last year we had 200, 1,085, whatever it is, CIP. We believe we've done a lot of marketing and we see that the interest in St. Lucia, we expect to get 2,000. It's a budget. It's estimates of expenditure, just like the budget. It may be more, it may be less because it's not money you've received yet. B, a plan of action. What are you going to do? Are you going to advertise? You're going to advertise in the Middle East. You're going to advertise in the North Pole. You're going to put an office there. Blah, blah, blah. Next page. Auditor's report. An independent auditor appointed under Section 17 shall not no later than three months after the end of the financial year, which is three months after the end of the 31st of March. Submit a copy of the audited financial statement of the fund. That's the economic fund. And a report on the financial statement to the board. Sounds like accountability. Sounds like transparency to me, folks. I didn't see anything like that from what the SLP, three lines of regulation required. Nothing was required. Annual report 19-1. No later than three months after the end of each financial year, the board shall submit to the minister an annual report on the monies and business of the fund for that financial year and the minister shall not later than three months 
after the submission of the annual report, lay the report in parliament. Oh, oh. Sounds like accountability to me. Sounds like transparency to me. Two, an annual report under section one must. Now it says what the report has to include. You can't just give a report on one page and expect that sufficient. This tells you in the regulations, in the law, what you're supposed to provide in that report. Sounds like accountability and transparency to me. A, include one, the number of applications made, granted and refused under sections 12 and 13. Next page. Two, the names, addresses, and nationalities of persons whose application were granted or refused. Three, the amount and other details of the loan or investment for other information as the minister considers appropriate. B, be accompanied by the auditor's report under section 18. May say, me reporting? Me report? Did you see anything about submitting reports under the economic fund which was specified under CIP by the St. Lucia Labour Party? No. SOA, Ugade, away. Come back to me there. SOA. Huh? Pasa yoka decently, see? Power, yeah. You know what the SLP was telling you there with that thing there? Bele Lesh, man. Economic fund. Who was going to administer that? How would there be any controls under that? But these people have the audacity and the nerve to say, when we get back in office, we'll review all CIP uh, uh, passports and see where... Give me a break. And you're not, don't you have any shame? I mean, the gall to, to even suggest any corruption with that. And you see, with all that verve and vigor, again, those who support the government are like, yeah, man, yeah, man, them fellas have no shame. <laughs> now, there's some shamelessness for you. But, once again, you stop and you realize. So let's think about this, folks. The labor government that set up CIP were the ones who put in provisions for transparency. Hmm. Norbert's argument is that the internal CIP body of Invest and Lucia and the CIP Act has added more provisions for transparency. Yes, that is wonderful. Except for the fact that Chastney made it so that he doesn't have to go to the house when he spends the money. So what good is an accountant who writes his own provisions, has his own checks and balances, but refuses to be audited by anybody outside? You see, you can have all the provisions. You can have ground provisions at the end of the day if you do not have the transparency of letting the people who elect who are elected by the people of St. Lucia to vet it openly in the House of Assembly. Then... What transparency is in that? You see? Again, sophistry. So here you have all these provisions and he's reading the act and hey, they say, oh, hey, 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 all of the hype. But at the end of the day, Shastney changed it so that he does not even have to go to the House of Assembly to spend the CIP money. And he can report on it how he wants. He can cook the books however they want. They can do whatever they want. So you think Nesta, Alf, in fact, I'll get to these investor and Lucia people, right? 
And you'll see where there's a bunch of conflict of interest and all the rest is going on. But here's the important thing. Just take, for example, with regard to, and that's not even a CIP thing, WePay. How did we find out about WePay? We didn't find out about WePay because of the government's transparency. We found out because Ubolos was whining on a woman in Trinidad and the fellow was setting him up. And eventually we got to see the conflicts of interest like Pinkley Francis, head of Invest in Lucia, also being a director of WePay. You see? So they have the information. They put in the regulations and the laws how they want it. And it's up to them whether they enforce it internally. All of the titles that you have there, Invest in Lucia, head, the attorney general, all these people count out to the prime minister. But none of them have to report to the opposition or none of this stuff has to go to the house in the general sense because Chastney discloses what he wants. When he wants, he changed it. <laughs> Nonetheless, there are concerns and there are people who have raised concerns. Mr. Speaker, go on the website of the CIP. Ask any honorable member to go on the website of the CIP. Mr. Speaker, you will notice two things. One, there's a developer who's an authorized agent on the website of the CIP. A developer is an authorized agent. The person who's developing the project, who is engaged in using our passports, our citizenship, to raise equity, to raise financing for the project, is also an authorized agent who is submitting applications on behalf of the, the individual's that is highly unusual. There is on the website a developer who is also an authorized agent. Now, when we were setting up the CIP, yes, when we were setting up the CIP, and I want to know how that person became a, an authorized agent. And Mr. Speaker, the Prime Minister will answer, because if I am wrong, I, I saw it this morning at 12.30 a.m., well, 12.30 a.m., Mr. Speaker, on the website, so unless it's been changed since then. Mr. Speaker, when we were sent the CIP, we were very clear that the agents must be St. Lucians. In some of the other jurisdictions, in their regulations, they actually state it must be a citizen of St. Lucia. I remember Dr. Anthony saying to us, we're part of a CARICOM, we've signed the Treaty of Shagaramas, we must be very careful, we do not set guidelines that can cause St. Lucia to be in disrepute because we are excluding persons who share a common market with us. So we had to craft the guidelines in a way, requiring the person to have been in St. Lucia, requiring you to have had a business center for five years because we wanted St. Lucians to benefit from being authorized agents. We wanted St. Lucian professionals to be authorized agents. But somewhere along the, re the way, that was changed. There are also a couple of international companies that are authorized agents in St. Lucia, with St. Lucia names below it. And I asked, isn't that fronting? Isn't that fronting? How can a space, an economic space that's created for St. Lucians, have now been opened through a backdoor for foreigners to exploit it. How could that have happened? And Mr. Speaker, all this does is to make it legal. We are legislating for the foreigners to take over 
that little economic space in the CIP that we had reserved for St. Lucians. This is what this does. And this is highly dangerous, Mr. Speaker. And I ask any St. Lucian, ask any honorable member to go on the website and they will see Henley and Partners, Apex, and a couple of others, international companies that dominate in the space internationally as authorized agents in St. Lucia. And we have a developer who's an authorized agent. So the question that must be asked, do we care about St. Lucians? Do we care about reserving some economic activity, some economic space for St. Lucians? $131 million. Why couldn't that have been used to complete St. Jude's or put towards the airport redevelopment? Why couldn't that have happened instead of still taking loans from the Taiwanese? But instead, we know when it comes to DSH, it's always horses before hospitals, horses before human beings for CIP for Shasne. Do you think that the CIP funds, you said that they haven't been used yet, will they? To date, the project is not a CIP approved project. The investor has not applied to CIP to become a CIP approved project, but the intention of the investor is eventually to become a CIP approved project. It's not the racetrack that is going to be the CIP, but as I said, the amenities around it. So the, the construction of the hotel, the townhouses and, and, and so forth, this is what they would be applying to become part of CIP, not the racetrack itself. I have said, and the Prime Minister, I think there's, there's been some misunderstanding. And I have to clarify with the Prime Minister as well. We have... You have to clarify with the Prime Minister. I had to clarify with the Prime Minister because a lot of persons kept on saying that whilst we say CIP has not paid for the project, the Prime Minister said that it is the intention of CIP to reimburse the investor um, to, it is the intention to reimburse the investor through the CIP funds for the project. And so I had to clarify with the Prime Minister what exactly He was meant. mistaken then? Yes. And mistaken because these were um, discussions that the Prime Minister was having during the negotiations with the investor with reference to the possibility of the CIP project and being reimbursed and so that the racetrack eventually becomes that of St. Lucia. To date, there has not been an agreement on this. And so these were discussions that were being held. Um, I think in the interest of the Prime Minister trying as much as possible to be upfront with St. Lucians and to let everybody know what the possibilities are going to be, he said that, that this is what is the intention of the project. But I can assure you to date that we have not agreed to it. Is it still on the table? Somebody asked me, is it still on the table? At this point in time and in the near future, not as yet. Is it going to be on the table in the future? I, I can't guarantee you and I cannot tell you yes and I cannot tell you no. But at this point in time, nothing has been agreed with reference to CIP or refunding the investor for any of the funds that he has invested thus far. For sure, CIP funds will come in place for the horse racing track. Monies will then be uh, reimbursed through the CIP program of which they're responsible for marketing the CIP program. Um, once the uh, track is paid for, we will then take back ownership of the land, um, so no longer will there be a lease. Um, and once we take back the land, we will then enter into a, a management contract with China Horse Club to be able to manage and operate the, um, the track facility. To the typical solution, um, an investor is doing some work 
but he still doesn't know how it's going to be reimbursed. So if no, there's this uncertainty... It's, it's not about reimbursing. The investor has taken a risk to invest in a project. In the interest of perhaps expanding the project, these are some of the possibilities that he was looking at. And the government did have discussions with him, which is why the Prime Minister said that it is the intention to do the reimbursement. However, the investor, as I said, it's not on the table. It's not been approved or agreed upon. And so the investor has continued with his project. He has continued knowing full well that there is nothing in place for him to be reimbursed. There's no documentation that shows that. So why do you want to believe something with no documentation, but the government is saying to you it's not the case, the investor is saying to you it's not the case, and you still want to say, well, you both lie. And you have nothing to show that they are lying. The framework agreement is binding. Is a framework agreement binding? It is. The investor has continued with his project. He has continued knowing full well that there is nothing in place for him to be reimbursed. Is a framework agreement binding? It is. The framework agreement is binding. There's no documentation that shows that. So why do you want to believe something with no documentation, but the government is saying to you it's not the case, the investor is saying to you it's not the case, and you still want to say, well, you both lie. And you have nothing to show that they are lying. The framework agreement is binding. Is a framework agreement binding? It is. The investor, as I said, it's not on the table. It's not been approved or agreed upon. And so the investor has continued with his project. He has continued knowing full well that there is nothing in place for him to be reimbursed. No documentation, she says, except that there is documentation. No CIP, except that the prime minister said there is CIP. And you wonder why people have concerns over why they cannot see their CIP money, their birthright being pimped out, and they cannot figure out even if they can get some sort of relief, maybe a stimulus through CIP or maybe the schools or maybe some project that they could say they could feel and touch that they know that CIP delivered health care or CIP did this or CIP did that. But remember, there's ulterior motives behind how CIP is being utilized. And of course, there are more concerns. I must tell you, the honorable member spoke about the National Economic Fund. Okay, we had a little bit of glitch with that clip. Um, Let me make sure to get back to that. Um, But folks, let's face it. There are very real concerns, and the accountability that you're getting, doesn't it feel like the same way that you're getting accountability with regards to the budget and other things only last minute, only weeks before potentially an election? All what you've been asking for and everything? So now we have that clip ready. I want you to see more concern. I must tell you, the Honorable Member spoke about the National Economic Fund. Mr. Speaker, in June this year, we had a debate in this House about the National Economic Fund. And I stated then, and I still believe, it's one of the worst pieces of legislation ever to come to this House. It institutionalizes malpractice, at least the potential for malpractice. And since he presented it, let me just refer to it briefly, Mr. Speaker. The National Economic Fund bill that he speaks so, or is it now legislation that he spoke so highly about, this is the most irregular, irregular, piece of legislation. Here's what it says, Mr. Speaker. The functions of the fund are to advance loans for government-approved capital projects, 
to advance loans for government-approved capital projects. So here it is, Mr. Speaker. A contractor wants to build a road, which is a government-approved capital project. So he goes to the Minister of Infrastructure and he gets a contract to build it, build finance, whatnot. But he doesn't have money. But that Ministry of Finance must pay him monthly or quarterly payments for the road he's built. But guess where he's getting the money? He goes to our CIP money. To take the money to then build a road for government and to charge government. You think he will ever charge government less than what he has to pay the CIP economic fund? He won't. Otherwise, he'd be making a loss. He would be making a loss. If he's taking a loan, Mr. Speaker, to build a road, he must make a profit, of course. And he'll make a profit by charging government an appropriate fee for him to make a profit. So we are taking our CIP money. Rather than build a road ourselves, we're going to give it a loan to first start or whichever one to build a road and then, then to charge government for building the road. This is the National Economic Fund. This advanced loans, Mr. Speaker. Friends, family, and foreigners. And if you think it's just the opposition that has problems with how this government has managed its citizenship by investment, well, if you've never heard of the OECD, these are the richest countries in the world who have formed an international, if you want to call it, body that has some degree of oversight in world affairs. Ahead of Parliament on Monday, leader of the nation, Alan Chastney, spoke to the press on the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development's Golden Passport Schemes report. The Prime Minister echoed the sentiments of the CEO of the Citizenship by Investment Program, clarifying that the OECD's ranking was not a blacklist. He says that the report was a list of jurisdictions with potential risk in regards to reporting under the Common Reporting Standard. The Minister of Responsibility for Finance affirmed that the island's CIP program welcomes all forms of inquiry as they operate on standards of integrity and transparency. Um, the OECD has clarified that there was no blacklist. The OECD has pointed out some concerns that they have. Um, and certainly our program is open for scrutiny. Um, we continue to try to run a very transparent and a very accountable process. I think we've been doing a great job so far. And certainly anybody who can uh, recommend improvements, we were happy to hear. Um, I'm also very cognizant of the fact, and I've repeated this, this statement, that our border is their border. So I don't want any of our neighbors to ever feel um, that we're doing anything that is jeopardizing their own security. So uh, I'm, I'm encouraged by their comments of the OECD, and I look forward to the dialogue. The minister stated that there is no need to make the program any more transparent or accountable than it already is. But the fact is we've been running an extremely good program. It's independent of any politics. Um, we've got a great board. We have a great CEO. Um, and we've been working very hard with GRCC, the security, uh, regional security forms. Um, and I think that the board has done an amazing, amazing job in their processing. In terms of appeals in, in the legislation, it calls for the appeals to be considered by the prime minister. I have relinquished that um, um, uh, authority by appointing a three-man panel of people who are not involved in the CIP program, but who have great experience in dealing with due diligence um, on financial matters. Chastney further added that the leader of the opposition, stating that the OECD's ranking came as a result of changes made to the CIP program, was done in an effort to score political points. As usual, I don't think that he knows what he's talking about, um, but I think he's just trying to score cheap political points. The fact is 21 countries were put on uh, 
I don't even want to call it a blacklist. 21 countries were highlighted in that we have CIP programs and residency programs. And so this is a general concern that the Europeans and other, uh, well, predominantly in this case the European countries have in terms of um, whether uh, countries should have economic citizenship programs and the the residency programs that they are designed in a way not to avoid having to pay taxes. So it wasn't specific to us, except that it was specific to us. You know, they could have had 23 or 24 countries or 15, but they had 21 countries and we are one of the 21. So it means that we qualified for scrutiny or for further scrutiny. So it's local and internationally. There are concerns about our CIP, about the Citizenship by Investment Program. Now, we get into the deeper politics. Under Sir John from Independence through to now, we always had diplomats that were appointed, and there was not any huge rah-rah-rah about disclosure. So Sir John appointed diplomats, then um, Von Lewis may have appointed diplomats, Kenny Anthony appointed diplomats, and then in the second go-round, all of a sudden it became about Jufali, Hilaire, Jufali. So why, does, why wasn't the public notified that he was appointed, even though the UWP before, the Labour Party before that, the UWP, they never had a big issue about making a daily um, notification or blasting or huge publicity about who was appointed. But all of a sudden, there was political mileage to be had. So whenever you ask people about Jufali, Jufali, you know, all of the, those that hate Hilaire and hate the Labour Party, they can't tell you the details. They don't want to talk about he was divorced and all the rest of that. They just said, he never attended meetings, no problem. And you railed against all of that. And then you got into office because you wanted to change all what you said, whether it was fact or fiction. You wanted to have transparency to the point where even in the UWP manifesto, they talk about approach to foreign diplomats and there's a picture of Jufali in it. Somewhere in the 60, 70, somewhere around there in the pages if my recollection is there. And yet, you've seen diplomats appointed who are affiliated with CIP. The Prime Minister says there's no quid pro or quid pro. I don't know if he's like Trump and he can't say properly. But, folks, tell me if you've ever seen this guy, Al-Fayed, whatever his name is. Tell me if you ever see him by Kenty's bar. Tell me if you ever see him on the um, Grosley Friday night. Tell me if you ever set, see him by the Daito or you met him outside Mega J or anything like that. Tell me if you know this diplomat. Prime Minister Alan Chastney says his government will avoid those pitfalls. Uh, CIP is a very sensitive um, uh, uh, industry um, and sector and that one has to make sure that there's a clear separation between appointments of uh, ambassadors as well as the CIP program. And there is no connection between um, becoming a citizen and becoming an ambassador. doesn't mean it can't happen that if you're a citizen you can't become an ambassador, but clearly one is not a quid pro for the other. How will St. Lucia be featured in the other Al Jazeera documentaries? One will only have to wait to see. So you know Malik El Sayed, you ever seen playing small goals with the fellas down by Regular Court by the CDC there in the gardens? No? Do you know who he is? Now you notice the reticence of all of those. They were talking about Jufali, Jufali, Jufali. Where are they now? There you go. 
But the concerns go deeper than that. Tied all the way to the same Cambridge Analytica, Donald Trump, Republican Party, and everybody in between. Because passports has a lot to do with electioneering. And you see the guy Chris Wiley, who was the, the, the one who raised the red flags, the one, the whistleblower against Cambridge Analytica. He pointed out when he said that you could basically pay Cambridge Analytica, use your passport scheme in order to facilitate people of nefarious means that are in the whole passport scheme thing. And these people have been identified. Alexander Nix and others have been identified. And there are passports firms and companies here that have been implicated by international media. Now, you heard what he said. He said that you get paid when you win the election. But that's not where the real money comes in. You must pick fake projects. And that's where the real money comes in. So in other words, if Cambridge Analytica helps you win an election, you pay them for winning the election for you, but you also have to pay them, preferably by use of CIP, in terms of facilitation of fake projects. So, the concerns have been spelt out to you for the last three years. But who's listening, huh? Any donations that are made go, are supposed to go into the economic fund. And the problem that we've had is while the CIP Act itself makes reference to an economic fund, there have been no regulations or, in fact, no act governing the economic fund. So um, it was my belief that um, in the absence of an economic fund, the Minister of Finance would have been able to have directed the CIP where to have sent the funds. So my AG has advised that that was not the best way to go. So we are going to be coming to Parliament to be able to now introduce an economic fund act and regulations. Y'all heard the Prime Minister. Oh, he didn't, he believed that since there was no regulation or act called the Economic Fund Act, that he could have directed where the funds could have gone. I mean, that is so nonsensical. It is so untruthful. Because in the very section that establishes the economic fund, it speaks to expenditure of those monies. And it says clearly, pellucidly, unequivocally, that you need parliamentary approval. You know? So earlier I was saying, we have to rely on licks to get our to get to find out where our CIP monies are going. A provision was stipulated in the law and Alan Shastney wants to interfere with it. Alan Shastney wants to interfere with it. Folks, we must remember we must remember that those monies are being deposited in a foreign in foreign accounts to which we have no access, none whatsoever. Whilst our schools are in a mess, our houses, people live in deplorable conditions in some areas. Our roads are in a mess. Healthcare is in crisis. Hospitals cannot be completed or opened. But yet, Yet, the very purpose 
that underpinned or underscored the need for the introduction of this economic citizenship program is not being attended to. And I want to say this, I will personally hold those ministers or anyone who goes to parliament and supports the notion of removing the stipulated, the legally stipulated requirement of parliamentary approval of expenditure of those funds. Once you support that, you don't support transparency and you don't support the interest of this, of this country of ours. The Prime Minister cannot see that if in his own deliberate and incompetent judgment, six days is not enough. It is not within his purview. The Prime Minister is not the Prime Dictator. The Prime Minister is the Prime Minister of the country and he's been elected by the people of St. Lucia and he must follow the rules and, and procedures. Including illegally agreeing to let Tiwa King hold on to our CIP funds. Yes. And he had also agreed again illegally to lend money out of the CIP funds to range. It is illegal because the law says those monies ought to be deposited into our economic fund. You know? And he had signed those agreements despite him just not having the authority. And it was that mistake with range developers that cost us some 33 million dollars because he signed an agreement to lend them money when he had no authority to now folks when i disclose <laughs> when i disclose what the law says as it relates to the cip monies they realize that Chasse did not have the authority and therefore parliamentary approval was necessary. So, what did they do? What did they do? After Chasse was advised, look, you have no authority to unilaterally decide how CIP funds should be spent. And you made a mistake with rage. So, you know, we have to fix that up. Range, 33 million. Boop, down the drain. But guess what happened? Chasse brought a memo to cabinet. Hey, papa, mama. In which he asked cabinet to agree to an amendment to the CIP legislation, the act, to essentially give him authority, give him an open check to spend the money as he pleases as Minister of Finance. Well, for one time, the ministers stood up to Shasti. Yes, man, they stood up to him.
one minister huh, I, I'll not tell you now who was seen as the ring leader in opposition to approving that memo to be forwarded to the Attorney General for the relevant amendment to be drafted the one that was most vociferous in saying gentlemen don't do that he was threatened of course he was he was threatened he was threatened that his ministry will be taken away from him yes man if you talk too much your ministry will be gone in the end Shastri had to withdraw the memo you all remember he said on TV some time ago that he has asked his attorney general to do whatever so they'll be going to parliament yes man the memo went to cabinet and for once the fellow said no we have had too much to deal with leave that alone over Shastri hinted at a review of the publication of names we should recognize that if somebody's applying to be a citizen here and no fault of theirs that they're rejected for whatever reason because it could be a multitude of reasons why they're rejected i think having to publicize those people's names which is in fact the regulation now is something that we would have to give serious consideration to because none of the other islands do that um, but in our case we have and it is something my understanding is that the cip board themselves will be reviewing UK Parliament calls for criminal investigation of Henley and SCL, Strategic Communications Laboratories. London, England, the recently published House of Commons Digital Culture, Media and Sports Committee interim report on disinformation and fake news has urged the British government to ensure that the National Crime Agency thoroughly investigates the undermining of democracies in many countries, including a number in the Caribbean, by Cambridge Analytica, yes, strategic communications laboratories, and citizenship consultants Henley and Partners. We received disturbing evidence, some of which we have published, some of which we have not, of activities taken by the SCL linked companies, all of them are linked, linked companies, in various political campaigns dating from around 2010, including the use of hacking, you all heard of hacking, of disinformation, and of voter suppression it goes on we do not have the remit or the capacity to investigate this claim ourselves but we urge the government to ensure that the national crime agency thoroughly investigates these allegations the report says but here it is now it is the same henley and partners you can take it out which is Cambridge Analytica, these guys, because you all just heard from the report, all of them are linked. That the office in St. Lucia will be led by a managing partner. You know who it is, Mark Maraj. Oh yes, Mark Maraj. <laughs> yes, 
Solar circle, same names, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this is what is happening. Don't forget, Bak Maraj is Alan Shastri's personal lawyer. You see, as I said earlier, we seem to accept conflict of interest as the norm. So if you want to know why you haven't been seeing or feeling our CIP money on the ground, why you've not gotten a level of transparency and yet they're telling you, oh, it's transparent, it's transparent. No, folks. Nope, your instincts are right. Because in other countries, they can show you, and they call Dominica corrupt. Dominica has had CIP, no agriculture for the last eight, nine years. Do I believe there's corruption on both sides over there? Yes, I do. Damn well do. I didn't need Al Jazeera to tell me that. But I also know that CIP has been used to deliver projects, and they are. You can see them, you can touch them. They are verifiable. So, today is June 1st. Let's go to the most recent CIP usage that we know of. Let's go to June 1st, Caribbean News Global. Let's put that up so people can see. Dominica opens new hurricane-proof community center this summer, funded by CIP July 1st, 2020. Let me read that again. Dominica opens new hurricane-proof community center this summer, funded by CIP. And remember, St. Lucia, and let's zoom in on the community center so people can see it. And remember that right now we have people at St. Jude's Hospital in the George Odlum Stadium that could have been moved to the east wing of the existing buildings. But instead the government is busy building its super mall that doesn't have water and electricity and none of the subterranean infrastructure as we go into the hurricane season. And let's show the next photo. So I can read it out for people. London, England, in a live broadcast last Sunday, Prime Minister Roosevelt Skerritt spoke with Dr. Irvin McIntyre, the Minister for Health, Wellness, and the New Health Investment representing the Roseau Valley constituency in Parliament. Dr. McIntyre announced that a new multifunctional community center in Trafalgar Square will be open, Trafalgar, sorry, not square, will be open by August. The Trafalgar Community Center will serve as a research, resource, and community center and is one of two such facilities under the housing revolution. Each will feature a multifunctional event space with a sick bay, a clinic, and a dining and activity hall. The government of the Commonwealth of Dominica continues to build new hurricane-proof homes, health centers, and community facilities across the island. This constitutes the housing revolution sponsored by the Citizenship by Investment Program, CBI. So we know what other countries are doing while we continue to be in the age of regression in St. Lucia under this administration. This is the revolution. Stay tuned. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Entertainment Nation on steroids. UTV and Hit FM sinking the eyes and the ears of tomorrow today. Not only can you see it, you can feel it. Airing on channel 124 or tune in to Radio 92.1 FM is Trisha Lionel in the morning at 11. Also airing live with Lisa and the ever-controversial revolution with Christopher Hunt. That's right, we don't do it normal. Stay locked in with UTV and Hits FM, channel 124 and 92.1 FM. UTV! 
TV for you. Saint Lucia, you asked for it, and we're making it happen. Revolution T-shirts are now available island-wide in Groselay at Nestor's Bar in Grand Riviere, a Dax supermarket in the Richard Frederick Building in Castries, Marilyn's Restaurant and Bar at the Daito Fisheries Complex in Denry, Hippolyte's in Soufre Town, as well as in Beaufort at Chanel's Upstairs, the Chanel's Plaza. Revolution T-shirts can also be ordered through Johnson for those in the Miku area, from Nyla in the Chozel to Labrie area, as well as Diana in the Ancillary Canneries districts. And if you require any other information, please call our National Coordinator Dantes at 486-7658. That's 486-7658. Anytime, day or night. All sizes, all colors. Get your Revolution T-shirts today. None but ourselves can free our minds. S to the J, Okelele, you don't know it's your boy Shemi J. Bigging up UTV, Underground TV. Why not start a fire? Bam Bam be gonna beat like Jum Joe. Welcome back to the revolution. Thank you for all those locked in on Hits Radio 92.1 and 91.1 in St. Lucia. Of course, those of you locked in on Flow Channel 124 and those of you on UTV on Twitch on Instagram and on Facebook, UTV124. Now, you know, I actually, I was in two minds. I wouldn't lie. I have to be thinking. First of all, there's a part of you that wants to focus on the bigger issues. And then there's a part of you that feels that you are duty-bound to go behind the smaller issues because they all tell the tale of the picture. And I went through this journey, and I'm happier the way that it came out because... I was sort of reluctant to pursue it, but in pursuing it, I gained a greater insight. And it proves that if you, what is it that they said, Ray Charles always used to say, if you scratch, uh, if you scratch the truth or scratch a lie and you find a thief, that basically, if you pursue these things that are being said and done in St. Lucia, a lot of times you'll find ulterior motive, untruths and lies behind them. So I simply, saw Chastney post the basketball photo. I saw it on United Park, and then I saw Chastney post it. I didn't bother with it. People said it wasn't true. I wasn't, you know, to me it wasn't a big deal because, hey, you catch Chastney lying. Ooh. You know, a man lies 99 times, he lies 100. You're like, yeah, at some point you just have to say, the man is a liar. Except if you're Timothy Polio and your bread is buttered from pretending to be objective. So you know the number one charge against Shastney's lying. So you have to make sure to have a personal global campaign against lying. If somebody's always wearing red and you see them always in red or they're always wearing blue and you see them always in blue. After a while, you can see that as a pattern of development. If somebody is six foot five, you can say that they are tall. If they are five foot two, you can say that they are short. If somebody constantly is using lies, then you can call them a liar if that is predominantly what happens. But you see, the goal was to make sure to demote people like myself because I pointed out, in fact, no, no, no. Let's head Norbert first. Something happened. We're going until 10 30 tonight, so don't worry. Something happened. And what happened? was a photo was posted on the Prime Minister's page, Alan Chastney. Oh, I didn't give you that photo. And that photo, I'm sure all of you have seen it already, 
was a, a, a photo of a basketball team from the 80s. And in that photo was or is Prime Minister Alan Chastney and the other members of the basketball team. Oh my goodness, Alan Chastney can never be right. He can never do good. He cannot say a thing without inviting the ire of the St. Lucia Labour Party and its detractors and its hackalacks and the satellites. Oh no, how dare you, Alan Chastney, to think you're going to get by? You, captain of basketball team, uh-uh. Not if we have anything to do about it. You are not captain of the basketball team. The vultures are circling. Ready to pounce, man. Well, to swoop. <laughs> ready to swoop. So, of course, a particular talk show host wanted to get in on the action. Oh, he has nothing good to say about Alan Chassie. Oh, no. Absolutely nothing. But you see again, folks. You, you all know I have a problem with the way how a lot of the reporting is done in St. Lucia. Lack of follow-up, lack of corroboration, lack of verifying, lack of getting concrete evidence and information to present to the people of St. Lucia, lack of accurate data to present, a lot of supposition, a lot of I think or I saw or I believe. I continue saying, and you too can educate yourself, get into journalism. Those of you out there who are interested and are so discouraged by the nonsense you see passing in this country for journalism. The Reuters handbook on journalism. Get it. It's downloadable. It's online and it's free. It's the Bible for journalism. But I don't know. It seems some people not reading or whatever. I don't know what that... I don't know what the problem is. I don't know. So let's hear now. now. Now, it's a few minutes. I don't know how much of it you will be able to stomach. But I promise you that it's very interesting. It's very revealing. And what I say to you about corroborating your evidence, the information that you want to put out there, jump into conclusions or trying to make the lack of evidence fit your bias and prejudice. So let's hear what went down. Roll so it. Let's go now to the photos of Chastney as saying that he was the captain of the national basketball team. Let's show that first photo. So in this first photo, United Workers Party Senator, can you spot the Prime Minister Chastney? Back in the day, he was the captain of the national basketball team. You see? So there it is. And boy, does that make him look cool. And he was always this great leader and all the rest of that. And then show that, I want to show that it's not just United Pack that's putting that up, but he himself, his own new page, the Cambridge strategic thing where they come up with a new page for him. Notice how they've ducked him out of PR for the last three, four weeks. Pause that right there. Alan Chastney's new page on Facebook. Folks, Alan Chastney has no new page on Facebook. How they've kept him away from interviews for the past three or four weeks. Baloney. Baloney. 
the press has had access to Prime Minister Shastney outside the house. But other than that, there's been limited face-to-face interviews with the press. Why? Um, can you guess? Can you imagine? Can you speculate? Maybe um, COVID? Maybe all what's happening in the world today has seen more Zoom meetings so that you don't, now you don't have your pre-cabinet press briefing? Could it be that? You call it a new page. How did you come to that conclusion? Because if you go to Alan Shastney's Facebook page, the posts go back for years. How is that a new page? Piso where Portway Neff? You see a new photo for his profile pic, and that's a new page. I mean, where's the observant? I mean, how how did you come to that conclusion? <laughs> no lie, it's good, eh? It's good. How I came to that conclusion, or how did you come to that conclusion? You're talking about corroborating things. First of all, if you listen to what I said, I never said, new Facebook page, you jackass. I didn't say Facebook page. I said a new page. Instagram. Doi. The second part is, <laughs> he says, I told you, Shastney's not been doing press as much as he was before. It's a subtle relaunch, a repackaging, because they realize how unpopular he is, and with good reason. So they sent him down to Savans by his father's house in Castles in Paradise. Then he stayed there, and then the next time he went to St. Kitts to observe what they did when they used the state of emergency to suppress democracy. And then he came back here, and he's been repackaged. So there's a new photo of him, Photoshop, where he's leaning back. Not the scowly one that he had. And it's an Instagram page. I never said whether it was a Facebook page or an Instagram page. I said a new page. That's part one. No press because of COVID. But in what you're even saying, you're defeating your own argument. Because he has not done a Zoom press conference when he could in the last month. Y'all are the ones tripsing all around Ancillary. The same place you say is now a town. Y'all went around Olior, you went to Saltibus, you went to Soufre, and yet he could not interact with the press, but at the same time he interacted with the press outside the House of Assembly. How can both things be true? How can it be not be doing press conferences because of COVID, but yet he's all over St. Lucia without a mask, together with you, right, Bofest man? And then at the same time, the best part is that he can do a Zoom meeting. Oh yeah, what about NTN's COVID command center where he was willing to go to do press even while he was coughing and showing symptoms which luckily were confirmed to, be, to not be COVID positive. But at the exact same time, the set is socially distanced. So why hasn't he done press there for the last month? You see, devil is in the details. You just have to think, you know, think. And as for corroborating a story, there's a strange thing that happens in St. Lucia, where if you are a government hack or you are a minister or the prime minister, like Andre Paul and Timothy Polior, who are themselves surrogates of the United Workers' Party, they tell you, you have to give the prime minister the benefit of the doubt, or you have to believe the ministers unless proven guilt, unless proven otherwise. So if a man lies 99 times, I have no right to be skeptical. 
And when it is the somebody who is a detractor of the government, or somebody is formally in opposition, or just opposed to the particular situation, not only do they get excoriated, but on top of that, their credibility is questioned, ulterior motive is ascribed to them, and they are guilty until proven innocent. Stephen King is guilty until proven innocent. SLMDA is guilty until proven innocent. National Trust is guilty of playing politics. Who's accusing them? The politicians themselves, but nothing for that. And you see, that's called anchoring. And I use the same point again. If you're buying or selling a car and you anchor the price at $100,000, and I'm telling you, that's where you anchored it. And I tell you that I am doing it at $10. I want to buy it for $10. Then... If we meet in the middle, I have anchored at 10 and you have anchored at $100,000. That's the two anchoring points. So UWP under Cambridge Analytica, not from this election, but they have worked it out from the last election. They anchor what they're saying as the truth. And then when you prove that they are lying, then, so you now have them saying truth, you saying lie, and then somewhere in the middle, it's okay. But no, we're not going down that road again. We are going to show you all that these things are straight lies. Now, let's go to the second part of what he, what he posted. Daniel, they're trying to reintroduce him. So whatever he was doing in terms of press conferences and all of that has stopped. But he himself, you can see, is putting up himself as being the captain of St. Lucia's national basketball oh, well, team. That's um, something saying that he was captain. Shastney may have captained teams because there were a number of teams in those days, eight, nine teams that used to play against each other. But the specific team that is there, he did not captain. But all of that said, the fact of the matter is that there, it's amazing that there are people who are alive and can see and know to demo team. So we'll play striker Hold that, pause now. that there. Right? Let there are people who are alive and know and can see and can demote him. Continue. To demote him. So we'll play striker now, right? Letting him, letting you all see and hear that at the end of the day, it's just another lie. I was president of the Kaba, which is the Castle Amateur Basketball Association. Our basketball is played in the gardens, which, which I still want to be the mecca of basketball. That is why I think. The, 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 the best of the basketballers that we ever had came from in that era. I was between when I came from school in, 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 in 77 till about 86, 87. Um, I mean, there were a number of, 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 of good teams. My team was All Blacks, there was Bollocks, there was BSADC, there was 42nd Street Rudies, there was NSBW, Newspersons of Black and Whites. Um, and I, I, the problem was one or two, which I, I don't remember off, off the bat. In 1985, we, we went to the OCS basketball competition in, in Antigua. Kenneth Riddler, King the late, sorry, was the coach. And I was the manager and the striker. The team consisted of 10 players. And by the name for you, it, it was Ricky Estrick who was the captain. The, the, there was Alan Shastney, there was um, Marcus Alcindor, there was Tommy Reno, and there was perhaps um, Bernard Duplacy, who, 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 who we call Sir Ivan. And the, the, uh, there was Golem Colimo, there was Fuzzies. There was, there was Biggie Sentoma, and there was another youngster called um, Terry Gibson. I think that one, and there was, there was Beck, I knew him as Beck, he was from San Francisco. he got shot by the police somewhere around the printry area. That was the 10th. 
And in my opinion, that was the, the, the best team that we ever had. But I, I, I must insist that at the time, at the time, they, they, they were good players. But, but like I said, the captain of the team at the time was Ricky In fact, we lost that entire competition by five points. It was a very, very good team. Aaron, Aaron Shastri was never the captain. He was never the captain. Ricky was the captain. And the, the, the players I called, they could call all of them. They would tell you exactly what I said. And um, with regard to him, sometimes they say they are, that he may have captained specific games. That did not happen either. Specific games? Which specific games? You give a tournament and who shares tournament? I think we played how many games? Another five or six games. He was the, the captain for the entire tournament was Ricky Skeki Esri. Now, did that... Uh talk show host get any other corroborating evidence did he do any research did he how you know because it doesn't matter who it is you still have to corroborate sometimes people say things for particular reasons sometimes they don't forget but in this instance i do notice you see that's when you keep it real you know i'm honest about or I'm honest with my analysis of the paralysis with all people, whether it's whoever and whoever and whether it's in this case this guy. And I do notice clearly that Stryker mentioned specifically 1985 and that tournament. So in wanting to set the record straight, Yours truly, right here. Did his own investigations, of course, you know, I have to keep it real and present to you the evidence, the voice of St. Lucia, Saturday, October the 18th, 1986, front page. Let them see the date. There it is. Hold on there. Hold on. Saturday, October the 18th, 1986. $1. Okay? Zoom out a little bit. Let them see that page. Because I, I don't want anybody to think there's any kind of monkey business going on here. There we go. There we go. Okay. Let's go to the next page. Go up to the top again. In fact, just come. Go to the top. You have a little piece of... Oh, the, the date is on the left. Okay. All, you, all the corroborating evidence for the page. Geothermal project awaits equipment. Let's go down. Book Salon was a legitimate bookshop in St. Lucia at the time. Dame Eugenia Charles of Dominica saying she didn't want any nuclear-powered vessels in the region. Come down. No, scroll down. Scroll down. There's a, a picture right there I want people to see. And zoom in on that flood in Castries, Jeremy Street. Look at the right side, you see, this is looking east towards Chaussee Road. On your left, where the people are going up there is Darling Road. Behind you is Jeremy Street going towards Customs. On the right there, the CDC block that was torn down. And on the left, where all those chicken vans and the Corinth bus stand is or whatever, that's the other CDC that was taken down. Let's go to the next page. <coughs> Let's go to the top of the page. We have the date. 
Zoom out for them to see. I want is, is there anything there? Hey, that's right. That's right. Zoom in. I want them to see the top of the page, please. I want them to see the top of the page. That's right. The weekend voice. Saturday, October the 6th, the 18th, 1986. Now zoom out. Let's see the bottom. Let them see the whole page. No monkey business. Scroll down. She says, B-ball team wins three, lose two in Grenada. Next page. That's the story right there. Next page. There we go. Zoom in. It's there. Basketball team wins three, lose two in Grenada. Let's read together with me. The national basketball team is back from Grenada where they finished third in the annual OECS tournament. The team was led by who? Captain Alan Chastney, manager player Alan Francis and coach Kenneth King. Leave it up there for them to read again. Let that sink into your brains. Let that sink into your brains. In fact, scroll down a little bit. Can you scroll down that page? Those of you who remember. Zeta's pools. Those of you who used to play pools long time. How many St. Lucians want some? You gain. No, not pong. There you go. Alright, let's go back up to the story. Just scroll up a little. Leave that on there. I want to read it again. Because some people may have a little bit of difficulty reading the tears in their eyes. That's proving them wrong. The tears may be clouding their vision. Basketball team wins three games, lose two in Grenada. The national basketball team is back home from Grenada, where they finished third in the annual OECS tournament. The team was led by Captain Alan Chastney. Well, dar Garnet. Now you see, I don't have the benefits of Rick Wayne and... Russell Lake and Jukbwa and Republican machine that works at Cambridge Analytica and Donald Trump and Hartley Henry out of Barbados and all the rest of the machine that's there to deal with all of the mind games. I just have to do my little research. My brother Adrian helps me out tremendously and I do what I can and it's the public goodwill that keeps me afloat. And I'm no hero. There's nothing special about me. I don't pretend I'm not an a-hole or that a lot of people do not dislike me. I don't have a problem with all of that. I would like to believe I'm a hoped-for work in progress, but I do know tactically, which is actually quite liberating. The only advantage that I have is the truth. It's the only advantage that I have. But no, but in what you played, first of all, I want to show you where your bias lays. Chastney has been proven to lie so many times. But even if you say that's my bias, why is it that when the Prime Minister speaks or United PAC speaks, you do not ever call for corroborating or corroboration, but yet when Stryker speaks, you say, do, did the talk show host or the journalist corroborate it? How do you know that I didn't corroborate it? I said I wasn't going to bother to chase it down as a big story. I didn't think it was a huge deal. That does not mean that I did not speak to people, get information and corroborate. I used to play basketball too. I played in the gardens. I played tennis. I used to play with Wiggy. I used to play with Darwin, God, all those guys. A lot of these guys there. All fellas like Golem. Golem was my house captain. All these guys I know from college and otherwise. But that's okay. Who's president of Basketball Association now? Buffy, the amount of fouls I give Buffy already. You know? 
Wiggy, Wiggy is the one that, what, uh, Wiggy, a uh, Jamal that has the cell. But don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. First of all, folks, I did corroborate. You know why? Because I have no choice but to corroborate. Because I can't do like Office of the Prime Minister. And when they are caught with a plagiarized speech of the Indian Prime Minister in 2017 for an independent speech, they say it's fake news that I presented. And when, it, when I'm proven right, even Rick Wayne and them just turn around and just say, oops, and no big deal. They never say, yes, we were the ones with fake news. Now, they are trying to put ads out talking about facts and credibility and trying to associate mind-bendingly Shasne with facts. When it's crap. Note well what Stryker said. Stryker said 1985. Norbert himself said 1985. So the point is Shasne never captained the 1985 squad. That was the point that I made. I said, and you have it recorded and you played it, that he had captained other teams, but he did not captain the one for which he put the picture for which he was posting. And he is the one that put up that picture. So the original person who put up misleading information, lies or, or factually incorrect information, is Alan Michael Shastney, Prime Minister of St. Lucia, when he claimed to be captain in a team of which the photo did not match the team. Now, the details actually get worse because in your puerile mind, you actually think that by putting up the voice paper, that that's the end of the story. The story is actually worse. And you should not have gone there. I wasn't even going to go there. I wanted to focus on healthcare and the economy and relief for the poor people and stimulus. But it's okay because there's vindication in pursuing this story. And I promise you all that you will see it come right now. So let's go and let's put up, for example, let's put up the pictures. Photo number one. I had this and I knew of this because, what's the name, before Stephen even posted it, another UWP hack overseas. The point is, I always said that he had captained other teams. Let's go to the next one. But you notice in the list here, you see capt coach, captain and coach. You notice, I know Luigi St. Omar because he used to teach me art in college. And I notice when you see Chris Pitkan, Martin Doville, Martin is, had also taught me biology and is now head of, uh, what you call that, of Massey Stores, Sylvester Henville, Lindsay Gard, Walter Joseph, Vincent Prosper, San, Stanley Samuel, Malcolm Abdoma. Do you see Luigi St. Omar in there? Do you see the name Luigi St. Omar there? So let's go to the next picture. Notice how it's the Fabric World Lakers. Here is Chastney and what thing was posting. And note well what it says. It is a 1986 post, not 1985. 1986, that was the live shot. Let's go to the next one. So when, when United PAC and United Workers Party posted this picture, can you spot Prime Minister Shastri? Back in the day, he was the captain of the national basketball team. He was not captain of that team. And on the bottom, on the right-hand side, let's zoom in on the right-hand side for the list for the, what you call it, whatever fabric will Lakers. If you zoom in a little again, right? I mean, go into the right and you see Luigi. Nope, right. I mean, zooming in there. You see that guy at the end, Right? That guy at the end there, that is Luigi St. Omer. And he's not listed in the team that Chastney captained. Which proves that he did not captain this team as well. Let's go to the next photo. But then, on his fake page, new page, whatever. Sorry, not fake, new. 
serving as captain of national basketball team with the same picture in which he is not the captain. So Stryker didn't lie. I did not lie. Nobody lied except for Chastney by putting himself as captain of a team in which he was not captain. That is the 1985 team for which he was not captain. Let's go to the next one. So this comes out this morning. Over the years, I've generally ignored many of the slander. That probably proves that you wrote it with the, with the bad English. Over the years, I've generally ignored many of the slander and propaganda pieces originating from members and supporters of the opposition in order to remain focused on the task of working to build a new and better solution that benefits everyone. Oh, you see how they stick in better now, eh? The most recent attempt from the opposition to discredit me was a video circulating on Facebook stating that on no time did I ever serve as captain of the national basketball team. That's not true. It said that you never served as captain of the national basketball team in 1985 for the team that you posted the picture for. Let's go scroll down. The attached image is an article from October 18th, 1986, not 1985, issue of The Voice. It should be interesting, an independently verifiable piece. You can visit the National Archives in VG to request a copy. Now let's get back to work. And scroll up so everybody can see the same picture. Scroll, up, scroll down so I can see the picture. Let everybody see it. Oh, sorry, yes. So here you have, once again, him claiming 1985 for 1986. Ah, and he says, let's get back to work. So let's come off that. And I should... I should, when somebody said, when, it was, when they thought that, that Norbert had demoted me, people were messaging me. That's a look, Norbert, show that you lie, it's in the voice. And when you tell them, I did not lie, Stryker did not lie, we said 1985, you literally hear me saying that he may have captained other teams and local teams, but for the one that he put up, he lied. Why go to such an effort to lie again? And then you realize that Shatsne's pattern of behavior has been in cemented in him for decades. And that is what some of the establishment class people tell you about when he used to be at the yacht club and other things. And even the basketball people as well are telling you. Now I want to talk about, they say Philip Pierre did nothing in his ministry, but he built 22 bridges. I want to talk about Bagatelle when they say nothing was done in the constituency. But you look at the amazing work in terms of roadworks that was done in the road connecting the Mont to Bagatelle. I want to talk about how Chastney has been boasted as giving the bursary to the disabled, bringing it back up to $300. When he actually took Kenny Anthony is the one who established the first time in history a bursary for the disabled. He added at $200, he raised it to $300. Chastney came into government, brought it from $300 back down to $200. And now as he's pandering for elections, he's going to bring it back up to $300. And all that time, Ernst & Young, fresh start, and all the rest get it good. Direct awards, left, right, and center. Puek Baiko. I want to talk about the distress fund over two 23 houses have burned down in St. Lucia. And apart from Fede giving a check to one and Chastney holding hands with Peterson and Sarah and praying for the people, the fire victims of Rose Hill, no distress fund of $450,000 has been reestablished. But $13 million was spent on a road for Teo King. CIP money is going all over the place. That's what I wanted to focus on. But you see... Again, sometimes you have to go after the smaller things because there you find the truth. And I told you I corroborated my information, but I even went further. So, Skeki, for the, for the record, 
who were you the captain of the 1985 basketball team that Chastney has pictured in his post? Yes, I was. Yeah. I was the captain in 1985. Okay, next question. Um, who was the captain for the 1986 team that is pictured in the voice? Well, um, conspiracy. Um, it's a story, right? It's a, it's a um, kind of lengthy story. You know, um, Shafley was going to school in Canada. You know, so him now, apparently maybe, maybe he was getting, getting, um, getting problems and getting his run. So he kind of, I knew about it, right? Um, my coach told me if I would like Shafley to be the captain. I didn't got to go ahead, do what you want. I ain't getting paid for that, you know. I ain't getting paid. So, they agreed. But he asked me to, sir. I said to go ahead. Yeah. So, he started as captain. Two games. Then the guys from... Well, we lost them two games. Then the guys from the, 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 um, the um, group, anti-shafting, because... They may consider if Daman is captain for the next game, they put in their bags and they back to St. Lucia. So they had a meeting and we came to well, um, take him back the captain for the rest of the tournament. Yeah, but he played only two games as captain, he lost both games. Two games as captain, he lost both games. And he didn't want to play again because it looked like he played like simply moving as a captain. He kind of played like his finger, his finger, you know, just trying not to, you know, like, like his finger fractured, his finger, whatever. Yeah, like two games captain alone, I know Chastney. And I was responsible in, in, in helping that man be the captain. So when you go back to Canada, it's full, whatever. So whatever like he gets his praises or whatever, I don't know. So it's true that he, he begged to be captain because he wanted it on his resume for the school in Canada? Um, he, he, he fought his way, you know, plus his father sponsored the uniforms, you know, all that to play, 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 um, um, like, um, play the role, you know. His father was the one that sponsored the uniforms, you know, so... He had to come up with something, at least. But he got two games. I won't lie, he got two games as captain. He lost both games. Then, then the guys said they want back their, their original captain. So the guys had a meeting, ready to go home. You know, ready to go back to next, next flight. What country were they in? We were in Grenada. Well, what I, what, what I, I really gathered from that, um, like... Chastney wanted to be captain, so his resume would look good when he goes back to Canada, you know, back to school. So if he has getting any problems in making the team or whatever, maybe that might give him a little boost, you know. You know, I also went on to be the Central National um, Team um, captain for the next six, seven years. Undisputable. Yeah. That mistake never happened again. 
So the truth is actually even worse. Now you understand why Shastney would want to take credit for the 1985 team. Right, Norbert? So the 1986 article that you're pointing to even further corroborates what the captain was saying. That in 1985, he was never the captain. In 1986, he lobbied the team to put him as captain so that he could have it on his resume because he wanted to show up in the school to help him make the team in Canada. And obviously the quid pro quo with the late Riggler King and others was that he would father would buy the uniforms and so on. And they put him as captain for two games in one year. Two games. And in the two games that he was put as captain, and even what Mr. Estwick said today, I also had that corroborated from before. But nonetheless, he spoke freely. The two games that he captained, they lost. And there was a mutiny and they demanded that they put Ricky Estwick back as captain. And Ricky Estwick captained again for the next six, seven years. And Shastney never captained again. So imagine wanting to take credit as if you captained the team when you literally bought your way in, the same way you bought your way into being prime minister and bought your way into being the leader of the United Workers' Party. And it's all for PR. So there must have been an interest in considering the UWP paper for, for donkeys, yes, oldest paper, The Voice, right? Yes, so those say it's not the star. But obviously, Michael Shastny's son, if they want to put PR in there so they can take that clipping and use in Canada, boom. You see the conmanship? It proves that it goes back all those years. And you see, the problem is when people like me get bogged down, in the tit-for-tat, nitpicky bullshit. The real problems out there get left behind. But you see, this is part of their strategy. They do it in the States and they're doing it here. When I hear this politician is corrupt, or I hear this story, I want to believe it. Ching, ching, ching in their pocket. It is no longer acceptable that a young person puts his hand in his pocket just to be able to hold his hand. He must be able to put his hand in his pocket to be able to get money to be able to buy food for his children. Every single St. Lucian must have their own card. Ching, ching, ching in their pocket. That's what the ching, ching, ching is. The ching, ching, ching is not money. The ching, ching, ching is your empowerment. And do not let anybody stop you. I love what Trump's doing with our government. And I keep hearing all these darn liberals crying the blues about how Trump has an attitude and he speaks his mind. I'll tell you what, that is one thing I really respect about Trump. He speaks his mind. He says what's on his mind. And we're in his best interest when he does. Ever wonder how Trump supporters like that are still able to trust him so blindly, so fervently, so dogmatically after all this time? Well, I wonder that myself after going to Trump rallies all across the country leading up to the 2018 midterms, when I would confront them about the inconsistencies in his statements. Trump has been lying since the beginning, and that's no secret. And they were needless lies, easily provable falsehoods right out of the gate. I have been on their cover like 14 or 15 times. I think we have the all-time record in the history of Time magazine. The audience was the biggest ever. But this crowd was massive. Look how far back it goes. This crowd was massive. I guess it was the biggest electoral college win since Ronald Reagan. Obamacare covers very few people. But it's not like he's stopped lying, and that's why his supporters have stuck by him. No, in fact, he's only ramped it up. The Washington Post new report out today. 1,100 lies and mistruths 
in October alone, an average of 30 a day. How can this large of a portion of the country still support a man who they know is habitually dishonest? Well, Raw Story spoke to Yale psychiatrist Bandy X. Lee, who had this to say. The sense of grandiose omnipotence that he displays seems especially appealing to his emotionally needy followers. No matter what the world says, he fights back against criticism, continues to lie in the face of truth, and above all, is still president. What matters is that he is winning, not whether he is honest or law-abiding. This may seem puzzling to the rest of us, but when you are overcome with feelings of powerlessness, this type of cartoonish, exaggerated force is often more important than true ability. This is the more primitive morality, as we call it, of might makes right, which in normal development you grow out of by age five. Fascinating. Wow. So what the psychiatrist is saying is that they are displaying the emotional development of five-year-olds when they back him without acknowledging his lies or the logical fallacies in his arguments. Because it isn't about whether he is right or not. It is about how strong he appears. Trump is not appealing to logic, to reason. He is appealing to their emotions, which is why calling out his lies and his blunders is ineffective. The only way to truly counter Trump is to counter his messaging of drivel of substances lies based on emotion. The only way to combat Trump effectively is with substance. The only way to combat Cambridge Analytica, Emma Data, United PAC, and the UWP bullshit machine is with substance. So they love to go for the tit for tat. And now, whether they say I corroborated or not, there are more of the basketball players reaching all the way from Canada to the United States and all parts in between, ready to testify and corroborate what not only Stryker said, but what Ricky Estwick has also said. And all of this I knew part of before, but like I said, it gets worse. It gets worse. So while Chastney in his BS is trying to paint himself as this leader from times as a captain. Not only did he buy his captaincy and force his way into being captain. After he lost two games in 1986, not 1985, as the picture depicts and is misleading and is misinformation. Right? Fake news. When he was captain, he was only captain for two games. And he wasn't captain for the year after and the year after and the year after because Mr. Estwick was the captain for the next five, six years after that. Never Chastney again. Two games. So imagine out of years. Let's take five, six years. 1985, 1986, two games out of five. And the rest, 1987, 88, 89, 90, all those years, Mr. Estwick. And I want you to think about what it takes for a prime minister who is achieved the highest office in the land has been a child of privilege to look at somebody like Ricky Estwick that is sitting in New Village now with all his health and medical problems and not even denying the man his legacy. You deny the man his legacy, knowing that he is the real hero. He is the real captain. You captain two games and the team mutinied under you. They said never Chastney again. And you wonder why St. Lucia now says Chastney must go. And this man protected you. You don't want to tell them that? Let's hear. No, um, I was saying like we were like um Shasta's protector, um protector that like I'm on the court. When 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 um when the guys from Conway because the guys from Conway didn't really like him, you know? And we used to be there to to, to stop like to kinda shield him from 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 gaining any leaks, you know? And <laughs> until when his father comes. 
you know? Yeah, we were like chastity protectors on the coffin. Yeah. So why the guys didn't like him, the Conway fellas? The way how how Damon used to move, Damon when me when me lose most time, me just stick his ball and go on. Just stick his ball, you know. Sometimes um, give me give me. I'm like I'm the game in progress, and his father comes. So he just stick his ball one time and just. So where I'm going to leave the ball with one of us, with the rest, hold it for him. You know, and let the games continue. He just take his ball selfishly and, and run, you know. The game, game, game done. Sweat, sweat, sweat done. So the pattern of behavior has not evolved. There's been no growth. It's the same thing. Take my ball and go. You playing, you the rich kid, you have the new basketball, the proper leather basketball, and once you lose. And note well, it wasn't about racism. I asked the man the question, he answered it one time. He said that he had to protect him. And he considered himself to be a buddy of Shasne, protecting him, even though Shasne, when he lost, would take his ball and go. And whenever his father came to pick him up, look, we all, and you can ask anybody from Buffy to Shearer and all the guys that imagine solutions. All that. If you have a basketball and your partners are there, you could have the best basketball. You leave it with somebody you trust. That person takes responsibility for the basketball. The next day they come and they bring the ball. It could be Veil, it could be Smoker, it could be whoever. But you see, it teaches you a lot about the man. It teaches you a lot. So then, here comes the part where the substance really hits you. Well, my medical condition is a, a tumor to the back of my to the right back um, to the right of my head there behind. Yeah, um, I've been suffering with that tumor for the last nine years. Nine years, yeah. And try to, to um, try to get how would I put it? Number one, the Prime Minister don't owe me anything. Okay? But as a former um, player, um, birdie on the team, you know, we were like partners on the team, captain and vice captain. You know, I, 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 I reached out and I got nothing, like no kind of assistance, nothing. I've been to okay, you like about, teams they opened about three times already. And what are they saying? No, they just treat me, treat me, and send me home, treat me. Spend about five days there, in back home. So the tumor, I, where, where I, I used to be suffering, like, at least 20 hours a day, for how many years? So, um, is it a matter of money in terms of you'd like to travel to try and deal with the problem? Well, the tumor was, was money for sure. 90,000 US. Where you get that kind of money, you know? If, if, if I get help from, from family and friends and maybe the government, you know? As a national player, you know, for how many years, captain, you know, this country for how many years, you know? I find like, as a man like me shouldn't be begging, begging government to, to, to at least help me out with that, you know? So how bad is it? How shameless is it? No, but talk about this next week eh, or whenever you can. Shastney, talk about this. And talk about the fact that not only did you lie about captaining a team in 1985, 
But you captained a team in 1986 after basically buying your way into the captaincy, leveraging uniforms. And then when you're finished, after two games were lost, the team mutinied under you because of how bad a leader you were. Kind of indicative of how bad a leader you are now. Then turn around. You would not only take this man's legacy knowing that he captained the team for the next four, five, six years and the year before you captained two games. And people like Nobas and yes, Timothy Polio this afternoon calling people because as long as you criticize Shasne, they have to paint him as the victim, right? It means that you are malicious. There's no maliciousness in that. I'm selling t-shirts in town. Striker walks up and we talking and I say, you know what? Let me interview you since you're there. It is because Chastney relies on people to cover his lies for him. Just like with the Jazz Festival. Just like with many other lies. He takes people's ideas and he runs with them. And they have to stay there and kowtow to him underneath him. It's happening now in office of the Prime Minister. But here's the worst part. Mr. Estwick right now has a tumor. He has been seeking assistance. He has heart problems in relation to the tumor. He has lung problems in relation to the tumor. His health is not good and he's watching a man take his legacy. When the man is literally sitting in the highest office in the land, you couldn't even leave the man that if he were to meet his demise tomorrow, to at least have the satisfaction of knowing that he will be respected and regarded as the great basketball captain. But you're trying to spin your two games that you use as PR That's how y'all could so easily find it in the newspapers like The Voice. Because somebody had to tell you, hey, go check in The Voice. We put an article there. 1986, that's the true year. And Norbert never said that I lied. Norbert simply said, but so the man wasn't captain. That didn't mean he was a good player. Nobody ever said he wasn't a good player. I'm not arguing that. But the point is, why lie? And if you lie for smaller things like that, and you've been a con man from back then, imagine why we're in this state now. Now here's the real horrible part of this story. This man has reached out to Shasne himself. More than once over years, including him as prime minister. Now Shasne, if he doesn't want to help him as prime minister, could have helped him through his assets, whether it be Coco Palm, Harbor Club, whatever. Shasne raised money from the FFF, right? The French family and foreigners for other things. He has found money for Tewa King, found money for Fresh Start, found money for everything. Do you know how much money Shasne has given to a guy who used to protect him from getting beaten up in the gardens when his father used to drop him to play? Do you know how much money he's given? Not $1,000, not $5,000, not $20, not 20 cents, not one goddamn cent has been given to this man in terms of helping him. A man who protected you whose legacy you are riding on right now. And as prime minister, where you should know that you already overachieved to a fault as a con man, you would not even find a way to assist the man. Your wife has a charity. Charity of all charities. All other charities bow down to that charity. Not one single solitary dollar to the man whose legacy you are trying to steal from him and take credit for because you captained two games where you lost and the team mutinied under you. Shame, not just for what you put in PR, but to actually try and pay it off. Oh, let's get back to work. And it's just detractors trying to tarnish your legacy. This is your legacy. 
This is your exact legacy. And to people like Timothy Polio that will say it's malicious, seeking the truth will only be malicious to people who basically prop up fabricators, liars, and a corrupt government that has no apology for it. So folks, just imagine, we scratched a lie. I didn't chase it. I didn't chase it. Norbass, the Bofest man, took his time. Oh, I did my little investigation. Paul Bearer. You never remember Paul Bearer in WWE wrestling with The Undertaker? Same raccoon eyes. But no problem. Not like I'm pretty. But here you are. You have a man who is down once again. He has medical problems. He has tried to seek your assistance. The most he got was one phone call from your wife with nothing ever followed by it. All these years, the man has been suffering for over nine years with a tumor. You were leader of the opposition. You were prime minister. You were minister of tourism. Your family has businesses, the, 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 the hotels, the supermarkets. And that man is supposed to be somebody to check for you. And you never gave the man one single solitary dollar. And you're the most powerful man in the whole of St. Lucia, in the most powerful position. But yeah, it's just my bias. It's just my bias. Folks, I am going to struggle to leave on a good note today. Because in digging through the minutia and the Cambridge bullshit, I found substance. For those of you out there, Mr. Estwick does need help. Anybody that wants his number or can, afford, or can spare anything to help him. Because obviously, Shastney and them won't. And if they do now, it's purely because it's become a PR disaster for them. I didn't lie. Stryker didn't lie. Mr. Estwick didn't lie. Skeki did not lie. The only person that lied is Shastney. And he continues until you stop him. And that's just like the basketball set fellas that said, no, we're not going under Shastney anymore. Shastney must go. It's the same refrain right now. To the fellas on the bus stand and all the minibus drivers, this one's for you. It's an oldie but a goodie. I always loved it, so I kept it. This one goes out to the Lackleri bus stand. 650. Good afternoon to you. Gaza, <laughs> 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 
The opinions expressed on this TV program by the hosts, co-hosts, guests, and call-in listeners or chatters are solely the opinions and responsibility of the original source who expressed them. They do not necessarily represent the opinions of UTV or its affiliates. <laughs>